So with the voice in your head, it's never going to go away. It's never like once I get to this point in my life, there's not going to be a voice in my head. All you can do is train it like a muscle and lower its influence, if it's negative, lower its influence on you so that you don't you can ignore it. It's not so loud. It's not a banging hammer on your head every day stopping you. It's just kind of a mild whisper. And I think that is something that people can take away is you're never you're never going to be completely sure of everything that you do. There's always gonna be something. But as long as you have trained yourself to overcome those little rationalizations, you can do a lot with that. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Strong by Design podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. So great to have you back. If you're a return listener, uh, it's going to be a lot about fitness and, and, and mindset stuff today, things that it, it really doesn't take much to get me excited uh, when, it, when it comes to topics like what we'll be discussing today with our special guest. If you're a a new listener of the podcast, we welcome you. We're uh, just so encouraged to have you to that you found our show. There's so many, you know, thousands and thousands of podcasts. I only listed about six or seven myself, but there's so many good ones out there, and um, we're just so thankful that you found our show. And uh, give us give us a, a listen from start to finish today. And if you feel so compelled, hit that five stars. Maybe leave us a review. Uh, we love those reviews because it helps move us up on the charts and it helps us become a little bit more visible to other uh, people like yourself who, you know, we are all about living life strong by design here. Uh, I don't talk about this quite enough. It's the name of our show, right? You are strong by design. And for us, it has a twofold meaning. meaning we believe uh, that you were created strong by design by a designer, and then we also believe that you have to then design, you have to take the initiative and take the steps in life to design your life. Uh, every single day, you're given an opportunity when you wake up to make choices and decisions to move you closer to your goals, uh, where you want to be in life. And it's a, it's a very uh, much a proactive thing. Uh, one of our core values here at Critical Bench is decisiveness. It's, it's taking action in life. It's, it's a, and not kind of waiting around, uh, for, for things just to happen. It's, it's, you're, you're, you're the spark. You're, you're the one that's given the choice and you got to kind of stand in that and, and walk in that every single day. So we hope this episode in particular encourages you to do that, uh, no matter where you are in your fitness journey, because we're going to dive into a lot of things today. So our special guest, uh, Mr. Scott Freeman. He uh, is a, motiv a fitness motivational speaker. He's a fitness coach. Uh, he's online. He has a podcast called The Power of Progress, Mindset, Motion, and Momentum, three of my favorite M words. Uh, we actually, those M, those M words come up all the time on Strong by Design, very much so. Because everything, how we operate in life is about mindset, right? And how we move in life is motion, right? And then that momentum that we build up when we make good decisions on top of good decisions and that little snowball becomes a giant, you know, a cascading, you know, avalanche inducing 
uh, effect in your life. And that, that, and it all starts though with that first step, that first baby step. And so we'll get into some of that today. So our special guest, Scott, welcome to Strong by Design. It's so great to have you. And uh, this wouldn't have happened if I didn't uh, end up on your show uh, some weeks back. Yeah, no, this is great. Thanks for having me. I mean, I feel like you already kind of hit the three awesome M's and I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Like the interview is over. That's pretty good. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> that's it, man. That's, that's what, what it's all about. I mean, that's honestly, it's uh, what gets me fired up and passionate in life because these can apply to anything that we do. I think of those three M's when I'm at work. I think of those three M's when I'm at home. I'm not saying I get perfect grades on those three M's at home. Ask my wife. I think of those three M's when I'm out coaching baseball with my son and, and, and been doing that for years and how much I enjoy that. But these three things apply to us at any level, no matter where we are in life, as, as, as kids, in our marriages, in our fitness journey, in our professional life, our, our career um, and just how we operate uh, from when we wake to when we sleep. So uh, this is really cool, really exciting stuff. Obviously, there's so many directions we could go with this conversation. But first, I really just want personally to know a little bit more about you, things that maybe we discussed um, when I was uh, a guest on, on your show or things that we didn't really get to to get into. Where's your passion for fitness uh, and health really come from it was it at a very young age was it you know maybe in your late teenage years what was it that really drove you to this line of work so I think the answer to that is twofold because there's two different uh, stories that kind of come to mind when that happens so the first one is when I was a I think it was I was always this kind of like skinny lanky kid like you could see like muscle because there was no fat in the body and then as i was getting older you know 12 13 14 15 just in high school i started to notice kind of that change i mean oh my completely flat stomach started to kind of bulge out a little bit i was like huh i don't like that and so i inherently my initial intro into the fitness and health field was i don't want to get fat I was like, for what? There's no like traumatic. It was just me looking. And go, I don't like that. I'm not gonna have that. Won't happen. So I started working out in that regard, and that's kind of what jump started the whole initial journey. Was I didn't like just self image. I don't want to look fat. I want to look good. Like that's what that's what I want. Let's do it. And then years later, I mean, we're talking. I mean, probably five or six years later, maybe four, four or five years later. Uh, I'm in college. I have an, my degree is in uh, physical therapy, and I realized very quickly that physical therapy was not for me. You sit behind a desk all day and it's all rehabilitation. And I didn't know the difference between rehab versus prevention. I didn't know anything, okay? I mean, they're taking classes like organic chemistry and I'm like, I just want to teach people how to work out. And that's what I'm thinking this whole time. So I finally find that there is a major that you can take called kinesiology exercise science in college, which inherently is, you probably don't need to have a degree in because it's, it, like, it seems like a waste of money, but I'm, I'm already in college paying for it. Might as well get the degree. So I switch over from rehab and physical therapy into prevention in personal training. And that's where the idea of I want to help people get in shape. I want to help people because it was so easy for me starting at 14 and 15 years old to kind of grow, figure it out, you know, take all the wrong roads, do all the wrong things and fight through it. And then seeing people like really struggle with something that was so easy for me. That's kind of where it came from that twofold motion of just not wanting to be fat and wanting to be in shape and being able to understand it so thoroughly that I can easily help people and break down the complexities of it. Be like, just do this, 
That's all you gotta do. Let's do this and help them out. So that's kind of where the passion came from. And of course it grows over time. It develops into these different things as you learn as you go. Yeah, I, I when I was looking over your uh, some of your stuff on your uh, website, I was I came across, and I'm trying to see. Yeah, this is good. You had shared a quote from Ben Gates that I. It, it's really cool because it's really thought provoking, um, and I think if more people, I don't know, thought about stuff like this, like. It, this is like game changing. This is world changing stuff. So it's an interpretation of the Declaration of Independence. And it says, if there is something wrong, those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action. And that's kind of where you're getting at with this is like you had this passion and this knowledge in this area. And it's kind of like, what if I don't do something to make the world better with this? then it's like I'm failing, not just myself, I'm failing the world, in other words, right? It's like, it's it's really profound, but it can it can kind of happen in any any area of life. And not to take away from the, uh, and, I, and I put it on there for a reason, because it's kind of, if you know who Ben Gates is, it's a fictional character uh, from a movie. And so I, I'm not sure I want to give away that. Well, Ben Gates is from the National, National, National Treasure, Treasure, right? Exactly, yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's such an amazing line. Obviously, I'm not, you know, how accurate it actually is, who knows, but the line itself still holds water. And like, yes. I, I love it. So if you have the ability to do something, you should do it. Like if you can do something, like it's kind of your responsibility. And so I felt almost this pull to like, you're good at this. This is what you have to do. And I agree. I, I just think that, um, you know, just because the quote comes from a movie doesn't make it any less amazing than what it really is. So, um, absolutely. No, yeah. Oh, dude, I live my life by Denzel oh, Washington. 100%. Quote. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, you know what I mean? And, and this is a guy who's like bigger than, I mean, I got, is it getting any bigger than Denzel? I mean, over the last several decades, I mean, the guy's amazing. Some of my favorite movies ever are Denzel Washington movies. But he is so well-spoken, and you could probably find a hundred quotes of his that are like, you know, how to live your life. Yeah, 100%. Quotes, you know, and it's, yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those, and who cares, yeah, if it's from a character, in a, a Nicolas Cage character in a movie, you know. Which, by the way, oddly enough that this comes up, my daughter and I, my whole family, we just got through National Treasure did like a uh, like a little mini series, t t like a spinoff TV show based on the movie National Treasure. Hmm. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, you have to check it out. It's actually quite good. Um, and I, you know, I think it's one of the many Disney series that came out. It's not woke or anything. It's actually just <laughs> pretty pretty good. Yeah, everything else about Disney is so woke anymore. It's like, uh, is that worth watching uh, with my kids? <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it was just like pretty wholesome and pretty good. And it was like high school or just older than high school aged kids. And um, really good kind of ties into that whole uh, that whole storyline behind the National Treasure movies that were so popular back, uh, you know, some years I'll back. I'll check it out. I had no yeah. idea they had that. I'll have to check yeah. it out. Yeah, For sure. I didn't no know idea. either. until like I think my daughter was probably thumbing through some shows and came upon it. And watched the first episode, and we all kind of watched it, and we we're like, "Wow, this is yeah. really good!" It was like ten episodes long, and uh, all about an hour hour long, so it was actually quite enjoyable. So I, I do recommend right. it. So uh, yeah, so a little side note there, a little fun little. I'm, little side I'm writing note. that down right now to watch the National Treasure series. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Look it up. It's on the Disney app or whatever. Um, 
So now that we know kind of where the passion, it's funny because we're very similar in that regard. I, I noticed myself kind of going through kind of a pudgy, husky, they used, used to use the word husky back in the 80s when you were fat <laughs> as a kid. Um, and it was like, you know, prepubescent type stuff, you know, it's like sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, your body's changing, you know, you're, and I wasn't as active cause I was like too heavy, too big for pop Warner. And, and I, I wasn't involved in sports as much as I had been in elementary. And then as I ended up being in, in high school. And so it was just kind of this weird waffling phase of life. But I realized like, I want to be fit and strong and muscular, you know, from a, like a young age. I want to, I want, I want to look good and feel good, and uh, and then that passion just translated very easily to like how how I can serve others with it. Which I love that, um, you know, that's what you've done with your life uh, over the last several years. So that's great. Um, so I want to do, I want to talk about kind of the mental aspect of all of this because it, it sounds good, right? It, it sounds good to say these things. And some people just don't have this passion. They don't have that kind of drive or commitment uh, to, to things. And we can sometimes be our, our worst critics or our worst enemies, whatever you want to say, with that little voice in our set, uh, in our head that kind of holds us back or stops us from making changes uh, that can really be big. Um, what what is that inside voice for you um or you know cuz you talk obviously about, a lot about the kind of the mental aspect of things on your podcasts and on your your platform um talk about the power of of that that little voice in our head well the little voice in the head is it's first off is so powerful uh, and it, it works with and against you depending on kind of what your perception is of the situation. So if you love something, that voice is going to push you and push you and push you to go do it. Whether it's, hey, I want to go buy that food at the grocery store or I want to do this, it's going to push you. And if you hate something or are fearful of it, it's going to do the opposite. It's going to pull you away and give you every excuse you can imagine not to do something. I, it tends to be what m most people struggle with is obviously uh, the second part is if you don't like something, even if, even if you don't know you don't like it, if your body has a negative reaction to it, it's going to pull you in the other direction they want to go to. And that's, I mean, I think everyone has that. And it's it's the biggest critic we have. We're always very against ourselves. We do something right and everyone else goes, oh my gosh, you're doing so great. What an amazing thing. But to ourselves, we're like, ah, oh, that was all right. Thanks. No big deal. Like, we don't really appreciate uh, what we did. But think about when you are giving thanks to someone else. You're always telling everyone else how great they are. Good job, good job, good job. But we never do it to ourselves. So we are our own worst enemy in a way. And that comes from that voice in our head. Maybe it's you're not good enough. Maybe it's the fear of success. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe whatever it might be, that little voice can either be something that pushes you, gets you angry, gets you going, and makes you do something so you can stop listening to it. Or it is debilitating. It stops you in your tracks and yes. you allow it to not let you do anything. And so overcoming that voice, the voice, people like to think like, uh, you know, a, a music example is like, okay, once I'm strong enough to lift, we'll call it 225, right? Because that's like the golden number nowadays. That's like the one percenters. Like life's going to be better. I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to do this. Once, once I lose the 40 pounds, I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to be this person. And then what most people find is that that mindset they have with that specific goal, once I hit this goal, I will become this person, tends to not be it whatsoever. You hit 225, you lost the 40 pounds, you achieve whatever the goal is, and you are still the same person. In fact, you don't even look that much different 
than you thought you were going to. You thought you were going to look way different, be a lot better. Everyone's going to love you. Your self-esteem will go up. And yet, nothing's changed. There's this void. And that has to come through, number one, the voice in your head and two, the mindset you have with how you're going to achieve your goals. And so with the voice in your head, it's never going to go away. It's never like, once I get to this point in my life, there's not going to be a voice in my head. All you can do is train it like a muscle and lower its influence, if it's negative, lower its influence on you so that you don't you can ignore it. It's not so loud. It's not a banging hammer on your head every day stopping you. It's just kind of a mild whisper. And I think that is something that people can take away is you're never you're never going to be completely sure of everything that you do. There's always going to be something. But as long as you have trained yourself to overcome those little rationalizations, you can do a lot with that. And I think that's kind of part of the journey I was on too. So it's like, you got to overcome these things. Like, are, is anyone is anyone going to want me as a coach? Is anyone going to listen to me? Why would they listen to me? Am I good enough? Do I know enough? Do I know enough about this person's body or this person's goals to which, and these voices come, but the only way to overcome it is to train yourself out of it and to keep pushing forward. Yeah, it's great advice. Uh, well said. I think I think sometimes I think to like children how, you know, everything to them is new. So every decision they make is like could be scary or it could be exciting, could be a combination of those things. And think how many times if you have kids or even if you don't, you can remember back to when you were a kid or you've been around children on some level, I'm sure. And, you know, you see a kid who's really timid or really not wanting to partake in something but you know if they just get a taste they're gonna love it they're gonna love it and they're gonna not want to stop you know and it's our job as leaders as coaches as parents whatever to just get some people over that hump and if we can do that for ourselves in our own mind be like listen i know this is scary or this is frightening or this whatever but you know what if i just go if i just show up right? Like 80% of success is showing up up or whatever they say it is. It's just like, just put yourself out there and people aren't, people aren't so, aren't looking at you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. Or I can't believe she did that. Like they're not judging you like you're judging yourself and just get over it. Think about how, how you appreciate seeing someone else do something and really being like, wow, that was really courageous of them. Or wow, you're not focused on the, the minute. Yeah things or details of it you're just really kind of seeing it as like a wow that's pretty inspirational that's pretty powerful that's pretty commendable or whatever and if gosh if yeah if we if we could do that for ourselves a little bit more a little bit better and flex that muscle more like you're saying that of that positive way and i'm I'm the first one to like kind of ridicule myself or be like what an idiot right how many times in your life do you do something you go what an idiot you call yourself an idiot it's it's daily too and and like that's it's it's daily not good (laughs) it really isn't good but how many times do we say like dude that was awesome like good job for you or you know whatever never you don't have to go around talking yourselves like that but it can be an internal thing where you can just be pat pat yourself on the back you know with like a good a good thought about it or 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 whatever it is um it but that's the the power of connection with other people like coaches and people who can back you up and can help support you and help you know give you those words of encouragement when you need them uh when they're lacking from yourself so uh, I just because and, and that's the next kind of thing I want to get into is like we are while we might strive for for perfection in all that we do and all that we try, 
we can't be so critical and hard on ourselves for those failures and those mistakes. Can you talk a little bit about that, about that M momentum and about like if you fall off the bandwagon a little bit on something, it's okay. Like you, you, there is, tomorrow's a new day. Well, it's funny because you're, you're the example you gave with the uh, the kit, right? Like if you just were to do this, just st- uh, stick your toe in the water, as it were. Like you just hit mindset, motion, momentum in one phrase, right? The mindset is the timidness of not wanting to do it. The motion is taking that tiny action just to get a taste of it. And the momentum is we know once you do it, you're going to, you're going to want to keep doing it over and over again. Now, where a lot of people make, you know, where they stumble is when that, that voice, that negative voice in their head kind of tells them, Hey, like you did a crappy job or you, you did, you, you fell off the wagon here. You did this. You're not doing a good job, right? Whatever, whatever that voice is telling you. And how do you not really attack yourself, right? Uh, and, and get, um, Basically, what happens is it's a mindset shift, okay? So if you're going out, yeah. you have a journey, right? Your goal is to lose 40 pounds. And let's say one week, you you screw up. Right? You went to a wedding, you had cake, you had vacation, you woke up one day late, you missed the gym. Like, it just things happen, right? This Whatever it is. So you can give two options, okay? One is you can accept it and go, okay, it happened. Nothing I can do about it now. Um, I, but I know who I am, push forward. Or two, you can continue to whine, complain, and, and you know, just be annoyed about it. Which option in your mind is going to help you towards your goals? And that's what I always tell my clients. Fine. It's okay to be upset with yourself. It's okay to be annoyed. It's okay to be sad or discouraged sometimes. But then ask yourself, what action do I have to take next in order to hop back on there? And does this action align with what I'm, with what I'm trying to do. And so it's always about self-reflecting how you feel. And then the second part of that is a lot of people think the journey towards their goal just is straight up or gets straight either way, right? It's just this. What you're not accounting for is it looks closer to the stock market where it's kind of like this right. ridiculous line. And if you don't account for it to be, for there to be obstacles, for there to be setbacks, for there to be bad days, then realistically you did not create a plan that was realistic in terms of what you were trying to achieve. So if your plan is I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to lose one pound a week for 20 weeks, you didn't plan for any setbacks. That's only if everything goes perfect. But if you can set your plan, okay, like, you know, at some point I'm going to gain two pounds. At some point I'm not going to lose weight. At some point this might happen. At some point, then your plan might expand longer, but then you're like, you're not going to be worried about it. You're going to plan, oh my gosh, this exact happened exactly as I thought it was going to happen. I didn't do all the things. And it's a matter of changing that perspective. We think it should go perfect. when the reality is it's never going to go perfect. So why are you planning for perfection? Plan for things to go wrong because that's what's going to happen. And that way it kind of lessens the impact of when we do have setbacks and then we don't get negative. We don't get in this cycle of quitting and then, well, yesterday sucks. So today's going to suck or I might as well skip the rest of today and not do this because of this. And then next thing you know, six months later, yeah, I know I had that coach and I just kind of fell off because of what it's like. Well, you didn't plan for it, and that, and that's why. So I think those would be two uh, main things yeah. I talk about. Oh, fantastic! I love it. Yeah, the road to success is certainly not a straight line. In fact, it's it couldn't be more up and down, peaks and valleys. I wish every successful person could just share their life story, or their ten year journey to success, or however many years it took, because. Everyone, every one of those stories is going to be riddled with failures, defeats, mistakes. Why did I do this? Bankruptcies, starting over, new businesses, new relationships. Old, you know, like just it, it's just never ending. Um, 
And I, I, everyone I've talked to has some amazing way or path that's unique. That, and, and so and it's and it's okay. Um, the, it's okay to model yourself after other people, certainly, but you're not going to know all the nooks and crannies and details of how they got to where they are. But um, I think, yeah, listening to like a probably five to ten, maybe different people, just for that confirmation, and then maybe trying to zero in on one, you know, one in particular that you really want to use as your uh, kind of your guide, your guideline, or your model. Right, because if you try to follow ten different people's paths, it's gonna be tough, gonna be tough to like, <laughs> get everyone. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be tough. But certainly, learn from more than just one person as an influence. Um, no, but that's really good advice. I love Real quickly, that. If you if you think about any, I say famous, but you know, any successful person, right? I can name a uh, hundred of them, right? You have Oprah, you have Michael Jordan, you have Kobe Bryant, you have Elon Musk, you have Jeff Bezos. Everyone always has the, oh, it must be nice to have $100 billion. The whole it must be nice, it doesn't take into account that like you you think that they are overnight successes when the reality is again this isn't fitness necessarily but it correlates that like you should like Elon Musk was one rocket blowing up away from going bankrupt and losing everything he invested like 120 million dollars in SpaceX they failed three launches in a row they're down to their last rocket they didn't hit this they lost it. there's no SpaceX company they lose everything and he loses all of his money from PayPal like his whole journey comes to an end Jeff Be- I mean like the whole thing with Jeff Bezos uh, I mean I think uh, Steve Jobs working out of his garage and not getting any I mean, there's so many st- Michael Jordan being cut from his high school basketball team. I mean, there's so many stories of people who like are so successful. We think, wow, I wish I was that. But you don't realize the work they put in, the time it took, and the thousands of failures that they had to overcome along the way. And all we see is the straight line. Oh, they were born. They did this. And now they're successful. And that's what we, we're trying to emulate. But the reality is if you're trying to emulate them, you have to get their failures because they wouldn't be where they're at without them. Without question, uh, awesome point. And I love because I'm I'm a physical guy. I'm a sports guy. I've been a sports fan my entire life, and, a, and an athlete uh, in different capacities my whole life, and, and 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 a coach right for others. And I love stories like the Kobe Bryant's and the Jerry Rice's, and 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 this is why I love them so much is because did these gentlemen probably from a, a young age have a talent that was obvious. Sure. Sure. Let's say that they did. Let's say that it was it was obvious at 10 or 12 years old that Jerry Rice was going to be a hell of a receiver or Kobe Bryant was going to be a heck of a basketball player, right? But the work ethic that these gentlemen had, the Michael Jordans, right? They got to bed early. They woke up early. They were disciplined. They outworked you. Even though they were already better than you, they still put in more work than you. And I love a story of, of, a, of, a, of a gentleman. I forget which basketball player it was. It's a Kobe Bryant story, and he shared it. It's, it's really quick. I'll share it. He, it was a road game for the Lakers, and Kobe uh, was practicing, doing, I think, just a solo, just like a, his own little you know, practice session by himself. So this uh, opponent player shows up at the facility where Kobe is already already there, already working out. So he shows up and he's doing his workout at the same time as Kobe. 
and they're kind of doing their own thing at the same time. And then he's done with his session and he wraps up and he showers and he's leaving and he's Kobe's still there. Kobe's still there putting in the work, still getting after it. And he was saying like, he's like, how will I ever catch this guy? I'll never catch this guy because he was here when I got here and he's still there when I'm leaving and he's already better than I am. And Kobe is notorious for, for doing this on purpose to get inside people's heads. So he was beating them before he ever got on the damn basketball court to play against them. He already won. He already mentally beat them because they show up going, this guy is too good. I can't, I can't win. He's already better, and he works harder than me. I'm done. So mentally, they're already checked out. It's funny because you have the stories like, and again, well, what we see on TV is how amazing Kobe was. Like, oh, he's just so great. You don't really see that until after the fact. And I think the opposite can also be true is like you have these raw, unbelievable talents who – because of their mindset, because they, they didn't do something with it and they thought they were just gifted this, they were going to succeed out of nowhere, they went nowhere. I mean, I can name the NFL specifically. You got like a Jamarcus Russell, who was the first overall draft pick, Ryan Leaf, who could, just couldn't handle the press, and uh, uh, Johnny Menzel. The documentary just came out. I didn't really, I haven't watched it, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Johnny Menzel, who is supposed to be the next, you know, the greatest football player of all time when he was drafted, he's supposed to be this amazing guy, college, you know, one of the best college players ever. Um, but because of the way they mentally were able to handle themselves, they did not succeed at the next level. I don't think it had to do physically at all. Uh, I had to do a lot to do no. mental. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It was that it was that the mental challenges or the uh, the celebrity challenge, you know, all the stuff that comes along with it. It had nothing to do with the athleticism and and, and all of that. Right that that was unchanged. That was the same. It was all these other side things that were definitely came down to how they were able to 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 deal with it. Uh, you know, me, the the mental and side. It doesn't. And it doesn't yeah. matter. Like I know we're talking about athletes. It doesn't actually matter. The fact that right. we're talking about people and their nature, and this applies to everyone. Like if you're trying to do something, yes. like it's all about how you approach it and how you think about it and yes. how you persevere through the difficulty. So I, obviously, we're using yeah very high-end rare examples to just just to get our point across doesn't mean it doesn't apply to of you. course so. yes exactly right no yeah these are these are definitely uh uh yeah some people will be like well oh, i'm not a basketball uh, not player it <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> right yeah you could be the kobe bryant in your marketing yeah. uh team you know you could be the kobe bryant at uh at the coffee house where you work you know because every every line of work every industry has that elite level, you know, type, you know, business or, uh, or, 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 uh, people, patron, people that are, are participating in it. Um, and I mean, you go to a restaurant, you ever been to a restaurant? Of course you have, Scott. Every listener listening has been to a restaurant. You ever get blown away by somebody that serves you? Like, Dude, the food's okay. The restaurant's okay. This person, that waiter or that waitress, they might be the best waiter or waitress I've ever seen or heard in my entire life. And what makes them? What 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 does that make you want to do? Not only tip them well, you want to go back. Yeah, because of that one person. And and so that's success to me. That's success. And it, you know, if you want to make a career out of anything in life, you probably can. You could be a an amazing electrician or or air conditioning person, 
And if you're a badass at what you do, you're going to shine, uh, putting in all, all that extra effort and all that extra work. So I, yeah, I, I think it's great. And just don't be such a, be an, a cheerleader for yourself and not so much a critic, uh, uh and, and to keep that momentum kind of going along. I love it. Scott, what's one of your biggest pet peeves, frustrations, complaints in our space, in the fitness space right now? So, you know, it's probably changed, you know, maybe what you found uh, prob uh, problematic five or 10 years ago might not be the same thing today, but for what you do, what you preach, what you practice, what are, what's the, the one thing that's really a thorn in your side right now or, or frustrating for you in this fitness industry? Uh, man, there's so many things. Uh, <laughs> I think one that pops out and, and this is where I talk, and this is why I changed from a personal trainer to a coach is, is the lack of mindset development in personal training. I used to think, and I was one of them, right? I used to think, I don't understand why these clients, I've had 100 clients, right? And 50 would succeed and 50 wouldn't. Why are these 50 not succeeding? It's the same program, not the same, but the program works. They're doing the same exercises. We all know it works, right? We all know lift weights, do this, it all works. But why does it work for some people and not for others? And that's what the personal training fitness industry gets wrong right now in my mind is because they don't focus on that. They focus on what's the the best routine that I can do? What's the best diet I can have? What's the best supplement? What's the best this? And that's what you need to succeed. And if you have this, you're going to be successful. It, the reality is the bet, the program, the diet, the supplements, whatever it is, that is all actually very much secondary um, to how you perceive yourself, your goal, and what you're going to do and your level of commitment to yourself. Because I can give someone the greatest workout program on the planet designed by Arnold himself, right? Whoever, right? And you, and that person could literally fail at it because they're not committed. They don't stay motivated. You know, they don't stay motivated. They, they don't want to do it because they just don't have the right mindset versus I can give someone, Hey, do bench press squats and rows for the rest of your life. All right, and just then progress those over time, and they will see amazing results. Is it the best plan ever? No, but they had the best mindset ever because they're going to commit to it over and over again. So people focus on the external of, oh my God, this trainer is going to get me to the finish line, and once I'm done, I'm done. Versus, I need to learn how to do this myself, become accountable accountable to myself, and you know, fix kind of how I see. What's happening versus just selling people personal training, personal training, personal training, personal training. Oh, no, work with me, work with me, work with me. Because the reality is it's not helping. I mean, clearly it's not helping. Since 2000 to 2022, uh, we've increased obesity in the United States by 12%. Obesity is up to 42% of the population. We're overweight is up to 75%, which is a little skewed, I know. But like we're clearly losing the battle uh, to the marketing, to the fast, whatever it might be. Why is that? I think part of the reason is the, the way that the training industry is set up is setting people up for failure because they're not teaching people the right things to focus on. Yeah. Wow. That's great, man. Well said. Um, it's, it really is. It, it, it frustrates me too. It, it, it could be so, we complicate the hell out of things um, in life. And a lot of people will, certainly when it comes to working oh, out and exercise, oh, I got I to do this, this plan and this many weeks and this many days, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you could get in the best shape of your life, skipping rope, doing air squats, and doing oh push-ups and pull-ups. Yes. You know what 100%. I mean? Like, seriously, yes. like that's how simple the program can be. If you did it every day or every other day, and then you actually 
were disciplined with your eating. And then you actually, you know, went for a walk every day or, or and drank a lot of water. And I mean, it's like the simple things that if done well, can, you know, over time, if you, if you take anybody, I don't care where you're at, um, you know, physically, but if you want to get more fit, I will give you that exact routine I just said. And if you commit to that for a one year period, oh my gosh. you, yeah. there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind. You won't see progress, but people are so quick to throw in that towel on themselves and they don't have that stick to you know that's become like a word i've me. never heard that stick come on brother right? no they they just don't have it they don't they can't stay disciplined for they can for 30 days and for some people they can even maybe squeak out of 60 days or something but it's very tough for people to go 90 or more when they're doing anything that's you know for benefit to wh whether it's reading every day or or saving money every day or or eating better every day or working out every day like that's why that 75 hard program that andy frazella program became so big in the last in several years 75 hard it says 75 day program knowing that like gee anybody could probably do that for 10 days maybe even 20 or 30 can they do it for two and a half months, <laughs> right? And, you know, that's, I mean, geez, I would I would challenge anybody, just try that. If you've gotten anything out of this, you know, I, out of this conversation, it's like, I'm not, I don't even know the guy. I just know, I know the program and I know people who have done it. And it's like, if you need discipline in your life to start doing some things better besides just working out, because this is like 10 minutes of reading, a ga you know, it's like a gallon of water every day or something like, you know, it's like all these different things that are like for 75 days straight. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind, you don't get benefit from that, at least adopting one or two or three new good habits, even if everything doesn't stick with you, right? And uh, that's the power of baby steps, though, too, I think is like, is that's where 75 hard, I think, will lose people because it's so abrupt. It's so much to change, you know, where I think if you just start small with one or two small changes, but build that momentum on those few things. And then that eventually leads into like kind of a habitual ritual type experience with those changes and then adopt a few more new things. And before you know it, all these new things have kind of overtaken and the bad stuff is kind of just by, you know, just by uh, the, the the laws of nature. I don't have room in your life anymore because these good habits have kind of taken root. Yeah, and again, it's, it's just that it's that switching mindset of goal oriented to process oriented because people want the goal so badly that if they don't get it right away, they quit, and if they don't get exactly what they want when they want it, they quit. And but if you focus on actually changing the way you live your life, which I know it, it sucks, but like. Those, those are the only two options. You can either struggle the rest of your life with this goal mindset you have, or you can focus on building the process, building the habits one at a time, building motion, building momentum to, you know, to get the results. And then, you know, you would be, it's like, how many times, how much weight has someone lost and gained back over and over again in the course of their life where they do the diet A, you know, they, they lose all the weight, they gain it back, they lose all the weight, gain it back. Me too, right? And it's like, you probably lost in the course of your lifetime 200 pounds and yet you still weigh 250 pounds you haven't 
because you're not focused on the process and being that different person. And it's a, it's a, it's all mindset. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the program you're doing. It's all about you and not on, and not wanting to, or not understanding that. Like it's all about hey, like you, you have to change who you are. Like you achieving this goal is not going to change who you are. You have to change who you are. And by doing that, start with again, 75 hearts. I think a lot, pretty extreme for a lot of people. And I'm not sure I, I, I'm not sure I would coach people into that, but it's something to get started. And like whether it's reading or going to the gym for ten minutes a day and just starting with something, that's the that's the process. And and I guarantee, right? In five years, it's like holy crap! Look how much look how different I am. I mean, you don't you don't start a job out of college and expect to what be the president when you get hired. No, you're the low person on the totem pole, and you're there for three years, and then maybe you leave, go somewhere else, or you get a promotion, like. It takes you years in order to do that in your career. Why would this be any different? Why, you know, it's like, and we have this weird expectation. And the funniest thing to me is that fitness is one of the few things in life that is pretty much mapped out. I mean, there's, there's nuance, there's minutia, there's things that you, you know, whatever, when you get to the upper echelons of it, but there's a pretty direct straight path to whatever goal you want. And yet it's one of the hardest things that we could do. People just won't do it. In the land of abundance, it's very hard. In the land of technology and abundance, right? Grocery stores on every corner, and you can you could just do Uber Eats, so you don't Instacart, even have to walk. Instacart, Instacart, else. It, right, right. It's just, ugh. yeah. So it, we have our work cut out for us, don't we, in the fitness and health uh, uh, industry? Because there's just there, it's a it's an endless uh, endless amount of. Um, of habits to shake up and break and to help, you know, fix people and get them back on a, on a good path. This is a really good transition to talking about the power of, of like writing things down, logging and tracking our progress. I did this years ago before I even knew why I was doing it. I would keep like a journal, like a log. And I was just like writing about the day. It could be five sentences. It could be two. It could be half a page. And I would just write about like what I did in the day or, you know, what I liked about the day or, you know, this relationship or whatever. And then I also did that in college with my workouts. I'd write down with every rep, every set, what I was doing, you know, even though I was in really good shape, I didn't need to do it. I just, there was something about it that felt empowering to like write it down. And there's the evidence that that workout happened. And it, it was like a cool track record. And then, you know, just to see it on that page and, Wow, I filled up a whole notebook of workouts. Like this is this is what I did. Like this is this is all me here. This is pretty awesome stuff. And then I experienced it one other time uh, more recently in the last couple of years when I worked with the coach actually because I wanted to get um, I really wanted to lean out like way more than where I'm. I'm I'm in like the two twenty range, but I really wanted to get down like shot uh, underneath two hundred. And I'm like, if in order to do it, I need accountability. I need a coach. So I had a trusted friend of mine who's a, an amazing, uh, uh, he, he helps bodybuilders and stuff. He's an amazing nutrition coach. And uh, he held me accountable. And I was using a fitness app to track my fitness pal, to track every calorie that went in my, my, my body, everyone. And it was doing that, even though I know, I mean, I'm a nutrition guy. Like I've been at, at this for 25 years by writing it down and knowing exactly what my caloric intake was that's how i was able to make the the progress in seeing it 
like right there. Like, Ooh, I got 250 calories, you know, kind of at my disposal here, eight o'clock at night. I can afford to eat X, Y, Z or, oh my gosh, I'm already, I've already used up all my fats for the day or whatever, you know? And it was very powerful tool. Uh, what, what, what have you experienced in, in tracking and logging? Uh, I think it's invaluable. I think that it's so hard to put like a qualitative measurement on how valuable it truly is. I think a couple things I tell people, number one, um, from a goal and mindset perspective, like you should write down your goals and your reasons why and like make them visible so you can see them every day because that keeps you internally supported over and over and over. When you read it every day, it just keeps you kind of motivated just, just to not forget on a, a terrible, cold, rainy day. Like, ah, oh, crap, I got to go do this, right? That's the first thing when it comes to writing something down as the first part. But when it comes to tracking your nutrition, right? I was big. He, I mean, I <laughs> talk about someone who went 180. I dove in so hard. Every single person I knew made fun of me. I mean, this went on for probably a year. I tracked every single thing I ate and down to the number, it's so funny, down to the number of carrots I would eat. And I would do the math. If a serving of carrots was 35 calories, I had a quarter of a serving. I would put in everything because I was so invested on learning. And then I think it's valuable to, I'm not saying get as crazy as me. I think that's a little ridiculous. I think like you can probably skip all the veggies. I don't think you need to track all that necessarily. But uh, overall, you don't like, for example, if you're going to go buy a house, right? And you're not just going to go, I want that house. All right. Purchase it. No, no, no. What's the down payment? What's the finance of it? What's the percentage here? How much do I got to pay this contractor? What's the mold look like? What's the, you're looking at every detail and figuring out, okay, does this make sense for me to do? You know, when you go to a job, what are you asking on, on the interviews? What's the salary? What's the, what's the PTO? What's the commission structure? What's this? What you're asking all these questions. Well, the same is true with your food. You need to figure out what these answers are. Now, you don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to know every little thing, but you should have a baseline of what you're normally eating to figure out, okay, I'm here. Here's where I want to be. Here are the foods that kind of equal this out. And for a week or two, I have most of my clients track just so they can fundamentally see, holy crap, because most of the time they don't track it. The second you start tracking, you lose like 300 calories a day just because like I didn't I, – I don't want to count that Oreo that I know I'm going to sneak, so I won't eat it. And then they, and they never count that. Or, oh, wow, I put way more balsamic vinaigrette on my salad than I thought, and that's an extra 150 calories I wasn't accounting for. Take that off. And so I think number one, just from an inherent like you're not going to want to track it perspective – you'll lose a bunch of calories right away. And then second, if you, the best results come from the most data oriented um, progress that you can make. So if you can have the data in front of you to see, here's where I'm at, you're going to get better results. Do I think it is absolutely necessary? No, I don't. I think there's definitely ways that you can achieve your goals without tracking. Do I think you should a hundred percent? Like I definitely think you can, but if you're that person who's like, Scott, I literally cannot track fine. But then you have to at least track what you're eating and what are physically, how many things a day are you eating and then how do we adjust from there? Because if you don't have a baseline, if you don't have a foundation of what you're doing, how can anyone, especially a coach, help you move forward if we don't know what you're doing? So if you tell me, hey, I eat so healthy and I'm not losing weight, help me. Okay, we got to track it. I don't want to track it. I go, well, how do I know you're eating healthy? Well, I have I have a chicken sandwich for lunch. Okay, is there bread on that? Yeah, okay. So you say you're eating healthy, but then you're having processed food. It's like, well, it, people don't know. And so 
It's a matter of if you want to build a solid foundation, at least to start, at least you don't have to do it all the time, but at least to get things going in the right direction, I recommend tracking. It is so pitiful. And I've always wrote down my workouts and mostly it gets it from here onto paper. I can forget about it. I don't have to worry about it. It is there for me to document. And I can go back at any given point and look at any workout, any food that I've eaten, anything like that. And now I have a routine. I eat a lot of the same things most of the time because that's, that's, I have a bad stomach actually. So I'm very, I, I'm lucky because I can't eat a lot of foods because I, I get really sick, but, and that makes me unlucky because I can't enjoy a lot of foods. But from a tracking perspective, I, you know, I know what I'm having because I don't even have to track Simple. anymore. I just know what it is. So, yeah. okay, that's what I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's you're not left. You're not left with all these choices. You kind of have have it down to like a select, you know, five to ten that's, items. And that's and all. I, so I kind of got lucky in that in that way because I know it'll be a lot harder. But still, it's about building that. Build your foundation. I know it sucks at first. I know that you don't want to do it. I don't. I mean, I don't want to do it right now. But if you want to succeed long term, at least having a fundamental understanding of what you are doing to your body and what you're inputting is going to be essential to long term success, or at least faster long-term success um, than just kind of guesstimating it. I think that that's the value I would put on it. Yeah. I think everybody listening should at least try it for a month. Even if you're not logging exact calories, um, at least write down every single thing that you're consuming, liquids included. So beverages have can have a lot of hidden calories depending on what we're drinking, where, when we're drinking, you know, you know, is it a dessert drink? Is it for breakfast? You know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone would benefit from just writing that down just so it's there in front of you. And I love it for the workouts, too, because if you have a great workout and it's written down, you could put a star on it and be like, dude, that was an awesome workout. And then you go back and whether you want to do it for a period of time or just go back every once in a while, like that's a, a good workout. You know, and, and it, you accumulate like, ah, I have like 30 workouts with stars on it. I got 30 different awesome workouts that I can do. I don't have to think. And it shows like, progress. And good. it shows you progress. If you started right. a month ago at 100 pounds on bench press, whatever, and now you're at 115, you can see that quantifiable progress that you're making. And that's like, that's that to me is such a win. Like I love seeing, I have one right now that's like eight weeks long, and I've seen the numbers increase. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, and that's what gets yeah. me to keep going because I can see myself improving. Right. right. And that's from a, from a coach. You know, I mean, coaches need tracking or need mentors or need accountability. And that's a, the, the big A word. Accountability is just so huge. It doesn't matter where you are in life, having someone else or, or yourself hold to be held accountable. Uh, it is such a big thing and, and tracking logging things is a what is an accountability measure and uh, I think it's so good what's uh what's on what's new for you right now what's getting you jazzed up excited uh what's on the horizon for you what's what what's going on I know you're busy I know podcasting is 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 something that's that's big and important for you right now but what else is going on what what, what should people know uh yeah, so I mean, I, I've devoted this last year to do like this kind of like interview tour where I've done like, I mean, I've had like probably like 25 or so people on the show, which is my first time ever doing the interviews. And you were one of them, which is going to be releasing later yep. on. Um, yeah. And so I think that was really cool. It's coming to a close and I'm either going to revamp it and do another round next year where I kind of do the same thing. But I think the next thing is that I'm now probably going to devote my next year to get more into speaking uh on stage which i've done in the past i've had a handful of speaking gigs in the past um but i want to get more into that more into speaking obviously i still want to coach 
Uh, my coaching is very far and few between. I like to keep it very executive level, like not people wise, but like a couple clients. I don't like to have 50 clients. I want to have like three clients that I can like dial in on. And so the next phase yeah. to me is once I have that, it's okay. Um, speaking, how do I get more involved and share the message to more people, whether it's workshops or big, I mean, can you imagine, I would love to be on stage with like a, um, like a Lewis house or a Tony Robbins events. Like I think that would be like a dream is to get on stage with them, but you know, corporate events, workshops, little things I host here and there, public library stuff, like just to get more out there, get the speaking. So that's, what's coming up. I think in 2024, um, it's kind of what I, I'm focusing on here. And of course, always growing the podcast. Yeah. It's just part of the role. Yeah. Right. What, well, which helps with the yeah, speaking, exactly. right? Um, it, it really podcast is all about speaking. It's just the environment you're doing it in. So yeah, doing it from a stage, very different uh, environment. But I too uh, want to do more of that, um, you know, in in my future. And I really do like it. I enjoy it. I get I get as much out of it as the people listening. I think, and it's really because I just love talking about the stuff I like learning about. I love. I love to, to, isn't it fun to like when you learn something, isn't it fun to then teach it or instruct it or coach it to somebody else? I, I've always enjoyed that from when I, and obviously you have as well. From when I was young, I just always got a lot out of it. I was like, I want to pass the torch. I want to, I, I want to see if the person I'm showing this is, is, is enthused about it and passionate as I am about it, you know, and, or, or can I bring that out of them? You know, and uh, so yeah, I love doing that with kids when, when it comes to like baseball and stuff. So that's cool, man. So uh, some fun stuff. Uh, just because I, fa- I, I you know, fun stuff is fun to talk about. So you're a bowler, or at least you were quite a bowler. <laughs> uh, tell tell the audience uh, what your your bowling, uh, uh, you know, uh, numbers, if you would, and maybe a fun funny experience from from bowling growing up, because everyone's had a funny bowling alley experience. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got into bowling in fifth grade. Right? One of my best friends at the time was like, yeah, we're kids, right? Hey, go and bowl. I mean, my parents, you know, get us together, go to, you know. and I wasn't a big a sports guy until high school. So bowling was like kind of like my thing. I so I retired from bowling probably with about a 190 to a 195 average, which if the the pros average about 220. So just in comparison, which again mine would is not nearly. It's a lot harder. Like my it's a lot hard, It's very hard to get to that point. But yeah, I was a very good bowler. I was a varsity bowler in high school, so clearly I was very popular amongst all the girls like it's no clearly doubt. yeah i mean yeah did you have a bowling bag like uh, with your own balls? yeah i had two i had two regular balls i had my own rag you have your own shoes you have your, i mean you have it's a whole thing i mean it's it really is uh, it's also very expensive so like i'm not sure i recommend it but <laughs> i believe uh, it <laughs> yeah so i was i was a big bowl i ended up stopping in college because i just want i went in a different direction but um and like my funniest bowling story i mean there's a there's so many i would say well, it's one sure. funny and one humiliating. And I think like this actually is a great kind of, so one, obviously everyone's done like in the middle of like a game, I like overstepped once and I hit the really greasy part and I, I fell. Like I threw the ball. I, I still got like a seven pin, but I fell and everyone saw what? me fall. And I was just like, oh, of course. of course I'm like, what am I? 12 years old at this time. And I'm like, oh my so, gosh, like this sucks. But I had the, the best story from bowling, and this is like lives in infamy, I think, among the people who know me uh, from bowling, is I was in my very first big boy tournament. Like I was, I was moved up to the next team because they needed someone, and I was the next best available. And I'm going in there. I'm running late because traffic is ridiculous. I don't have my own shoes at the time because I'm relatively still new at this. So I go pick up house shoes, and there's a difference. 
<laughs> they're like these disgustingly like disgusting pink and yellow shoes. They look terrible, and I'm wearing like a uniform. It's a whole thing. So I get up there, no warm up, and I'm like, get up there, I'll set up to bowl, and I mean, everyone's looking at me, and there's there's ten people staring at me, and plus there's a, the whole imagine thirty lanes all filled with teams of four to five, right? And not everyone's staring at you, but like I'm up, I completely whiff. I throw the ball, it slides off of it, and I can get technical, but basically slides right in the gutter, zero. And I'm like, oh my god, could I could this get worse? Okay, fine, fine, fine. First shot, no big deal. Second shot, get up there. And this I do the same exact thing. And I just like I'm with a team. So your first frame you bowl zero, zero. Which is unheard of. Like you don't you, that doesn't happen. Like that's not something that that's no. like that is like Travis Kelsey dropping a easy loft touchdown pass from one yard away in the end zone. I mean, that's how it, it just doesn't happen uh, to at this level. And of course, my team doesn't even know me at this. Like, they barely know me. They're like, who is this kid on our team who sucks without shoes, doesn't know how to... And I, I'm sitting there like, what am I going to do? And I ended up, by the way, and well, can you have two choices, right? You can just like let it consume you and the day's over and you, you quit, whatever. Or you just gotta like you have to just kind of push through and I ended up pushing through and I ended up with a a, a respectable like one forty five or one fifty, which is still very bad for that time. But uh like I was able to like you know pick it up at the end of the game, which you know was like holy God, like that. It was a very one of my one of the worst like feelings I think I've ever had. I was just embarrassment and like, oh my gosh, like how do I how do I get out of this situation as quickly as possible? So, yeah, yeah, so that was yeah. You can't get can't get much worse than a bad pair of bowling shoes. Oh, yeah, you know and I looked I mean? like a clown. Like, I looked like a clown. I mean, they're, and they're, right, too, they're right. a size too big. Like it was like it's like what's the guy from The Simpsons? The um the clown guy with the with the hair. Yeah, yeah, I know clown he's the massive oh, shoes. I can't think of his like, name. Just think of that. I know exactly what you oh, mean. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm sweating just thinking about that moment. Still, I just, yeah, yeah. It lives oh, in I'm sure, dude. I I recently went bowling, and uh, you know, you end up going to like kids' yeah. parties and stuff, or a, fa- a little family get together with a your 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 kids' uh, friends' family. And I always love it. I love bowling. I bowled a little in college in like a little little club. My brothers and I were on a team, you know. And uh, it's always brought a lot of laughter and a lot of enjoyment, and you're doing something physical and it's competitive. So, and you can drink beer while you're doing it. So, I mean, it doesn't get much oh, better 100%. than that, right? That's why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another f- funny thing, very unique situation that we have uh, in common here. You're a Chicago Bears fan. But also a giant, yeah. As as you point to the Chicago Bears, uh, a pa- patriot, a patriotic uh, flag you got there going on. Uh, it, you're also a big Tom Brady fan, and and I told you by email. I said, funny because I'm a lifelong New York Giant fan, but also a very big Tom Brady fan. Um, for I'm sure for maybe similar reasons or not. But what made you? Obviously, you're a football fan and. I'm sure we could talk football for hours. Um, why? What was it about Brady? Was it early in his career that you were kind of drawn to him, or was it just like, oh my gosh, this guy just is a winner, 
and then you be, kind of became a fan. What? What? How'd that happen? Uh, I would say I be uh, so I didn't start watching football till probably twenty oh two thousand five two thousand six, right around the Bears kind of rise. And I was also like in seventh grade, so I was I didn't really know too much. Uh, and then I started watching. Brady was on the TV every single Sunday. He was always on televised games. So I kept watching. And I'm like, dude. This guy is on un- one of his seasons was a 50 touchdown season. Like it was unbelievable. And then you start like looking at the history of what he's done and his, his lackluster career at Michigan going in the sixth round winning three. It's like this guy is like, just doesn't quit and he just keeps getting better and better and better. So his drive to win and how he just, you know, and how he was able to kind of create the greatest football career of all time from nothing um, I think was like that. That's I think what drove me to him uh, early in, in the mid two thousands, and ever since that, it was just like because like, the Bears sucked for decades. So I'm like I'm watching Brady because like Brady's gonna win. Love this guy, and like I just I loved it. I, everyone hates him because he wins. That's why I loved him. I like this guy. He's not he's not Peyton Manning. He's not the chosen one. He's the he's the underdog. And people don't realize like you're the underdog, dude. Like that's I love the underdog story, and that's what I think resonated the most yep. with Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. Same here. He was hard not to just enjoy watching and uh, persevere. And obviously, I'm a, as a New York Giant fan, the fact that they were able to beat oh the Patriots gosh. not once, twice, but twice yes. in the Super Bowl is just, you can't even write that story. It, no one would believe it. But yet, it really did happen. And I'm still like scratching my head over it, man. And I finally, oddly enough, it was. Uh, uh, a week or two ago, I'm watching the helmet catch. I'm watching that whole drive. It was on a Facebook yeah. reel, and I'm just watching. It's got this whole like ten minutes, you know, of that of that drive yeah. to beat, you know, to score the winning touchdown at the end of the game. And I'm watching it with my kids, and they're like, "Is this the helmet catch?" I'm like, "It's coming, it's coming." And um, it's still, I couldn't believe that drive. And and but yeah, I love. And then of course Brady finishes his career down here. I'm in Tampa. He finishes his career as a Buccaneer, wins the Super Bowl, of course, for the Tampa Bay area, which is it just just to put a just an extra stamp of greatness yes. on his career. It's like I can do it in New England, but I can do it anywhere. Here you go, Bucks. <laughs> you know, and it's just it really is uh, just adds to his legendary uh, career, and and uh, so excited to see him. Uh, get get on the airwaves here uh in the next uh, year or so and start talking about football so we'll see yeah i've seen him in some commercials and stuff some of the manning uh manning yeah, cast commercials yeah. you know some of that stuff is pretty funny um so where should our listeners go obviously uh you have your podcast as well we would definitely want to send some people there and wh- where else can they find more scott yeah i would say the two easiest ways to find me is uh instagram just scott friedman 24 and i post a bunch of short kind of content on there but it also links to all the other content and you can message me directly i do answer i tend to answer everything i possibly can because i like to just be involved with it and then uh, the po- yeah the power of progress podcast Spotify Apple Music uh, you know that that's really the big thing right now grow that uh, you know I'm that's kind of where most of my messaging is most of the content is and it, look they're quick short audios ten to you know eight to ten minutes per per episode just to give you this like mental boost that you need so I would say those are the two main places uh, there's a website you know uh, scottspeaksfitness.com uh, as well if you're looking for more formal uh, information. That's great, man. Well, thank you so much, uh, Scott, for making uh, time in your day to do this. Uh, it, it's been a real pleasure. It always is to talk about 
uh, these particular topics with somebody that's like-minded and an expert. Um, and uh, I appreciate that kinesiology degree of yours, my friend. My 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 wife actually got one uh, years back too from uh, Kansas State University. She got her her uh, her kinesiology degree, uh, CSCS and stuff back in the day. Very nice. Um, and um, she. I just, you know, it's it's one of those kind of like degrees. Like, what what exactly? So I'm just going to be a trainer. I, I did all this hard school work, and I'm just going to end up just being a exactly. trainer yes, or the exactly. clipboard. But there is a lot that you can do with it. It's obviously huge credibility uh, because it, it, in what we do, it doesn't really get any better than like you know a kinesiology other than like a master's in it or something, and or PhD if you really go that crazy, but. Um, it, it, it's, it's really good for having that understanding, um, and uh, that most people just kind of don't know. And so you're, you're, you're living up to this, uh, to this quote here that if there's something wrong and you have the ability to take action and fix it, uh, it's your responsibility to do so. So well done, my friend, uh, real, real pleasure. And uh, listeners, another great episode here on Strong by Design. Hope you enjoyed that today. I got to uh, chit-chat about you know good, good stuff, stuff that I, I talk about here at the office every day with people I work with and friends and family. Love talking about fitness and mindset, all of these things. Hope there's some nuggets in, in this episode that you can take with you on your journey and uh, to make positive change in your life, move that needle uh, in, 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 in the direction that it needs to move. So share this episode with a friend or a family member would love that. If you would share it, that's how it grows and leave a five-star rating and or review at any, uh, any of the platforms that you're listening. I appreciate you. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, Please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.